this is Heather. And this is Conspiracies Unlocked. And today we are filming this as well as recording this for the podcast. So um, we are live on Facebook right Facebook now. Facebook Live. Facebook so, Live. Yes. And we've only gone live like a, a couple, couple of times. times. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to ignore the cameras and we're just going to pretend like we're doing a regular episode. Well, it is it's, a regular episode. We yeah. just have a camera pointed at our face, which, honestly, full disclosure, it's a little awkward. It is. Because I keep wanting to look because no, I feel... ignoring it. No, I feel like I need to look, not myself, but, like, hi, like, I'm looking at the people, like, engaging, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not good at that yet. So. No, we just need to ignore it for now. We'll get better. <laughs> okay, so what are we doing today, Heather? What are we unlocking? So today we are unlocking part two of the United States UAP disclosure, um, and, um, yeah, so it, we kind of left off before with part one where they were just going over kind of like the opening statements Mm -hmm. and um we established who the three whistleblowers are and witnesses um to these events and who's going to be um testifying yeah and that's pretty much it and then um we're going to start with uh, the opening statements of the second witness okay so for the opening statements of the second witness we have a david charles grush um he is a former senior intelligence officer of 14 years in the u.s air force both active duty air national guard and reserve he is a rank of major and from 2021 to 2023 at the national geospatial intelligence agency which is also known as the nga at the gs civilian level which is the military equivalent to a full uh, a colonel Okay. So this is kind <laughs> so of... So many words for... I know. So this is who he is. <laughs> Why is he relevant? Why do we care what David Charles Grush... I keep saying his name funny. I think it's Grush. Is it or is it Grush? Grush. G-R-U-S-C-H. Oh, Grush. Grush. Yeah. Yeah. So why is he relevant? Well, because this is why. He's been around a while, so we're going to listen to what he has to say. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, these are, like, his talking points. Um, He was the agency's co-lead and for Unidentified Anomalous Phenomenon, or UAPs, and Trans Medium Object Analysis, reporting to the UAP Task Force, known as the UAPTF. Okay. Um, once the All Domain All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or the ARRO, which we've talked about in the past, they're the ones I didn't want to disclose how much they were um, using in taxpayer funds. Oh but yeah, that's the one that oh, you were that's like, this so is ridiculous. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he actually did. Once that was established, he also reported to them. Okay. Yeah. Good. So he somebody needs to be held accountable. Well, he just reported to the UAPs to them, like oh, he because okay. they they Sorry, were the, 
They were like the resolution office. You know what? I just realized what? that I need to take my ADD medicine. <laughs> Every time that we go to record, I'm like, la, 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 in space. I'm like, look at, look over there. Look at that. I'm like thinking about everything. And then I'm like, oh, I forgot to take my medicine. It's very hot in here, so I'm thirsty. So it's excuse very, very me while I get hot. A, a drink of a refreshing and beverage. I'm just going through everything. <laughs> Um, he did state that he became a whistleblower through the P PD-19, which was an urgent concern filing of May 2022. With the intelligence community inspector general, um, there was multiple reports from esteemed and credentialed current and former military and intelligence communities and in, um, individuals that um, the U.S. government is operating with secrecy above congressional oversight with regards to UAPs. Okay. So it's like it's not a conspiracy that this is happening. This is happening. Can we just talk about that for a second? I'm still in, like, utter shock that they <laughs> have come out. After all these years of being like, this isn't true, there are no aliens, and now they're just like, <laughs> just fucking with you. There's been aliens this whole time. We've known about it, and now we've just decided to come out, like, 80 years later and say, yes, Roswell did happen. Or Well, I don't know if that's what they're admitting to, but whatever. After yeah. all this, after after discrediting and gaslighting everybody, mm -hmm. it's still like a shock. Like, what the fuck? I think that they're wor they were worried about hyster hysteria. So in what? Public. Okay, so now it's okay. We're we're well. We just launched COVID and everything else. Why not do this too? I think that now people have become in just society in general. People are so desensitized. Yeah, and you know that what, that's nothing phases us anymore. And we're like, oh, of course, there's a new variant. Why not? Of course, there could be Maui fires because of direct energy weapons. Why not? Of course, there's aliens. Why? Why not? Of like, course what do you, you have to throw go at us next? Of course you have to have facial recognition to get into a store in Washington. Why not? Oh, yeah. We're going to just pay yeah. with our palm. Why not? Why not? Yeah, like, no, that is true that they have made all these sci-fi, like, for the, what, what do you always call Pre-programming? Pre-programming. Yeah. yeah. Predictive programming, pre-programming, like. Just to desensitize you to, like, all these things. And then people say, well, they have to let you know what they're going to do before they do it. It's just so insane to me. Like, I don't know. I, I really feel like they're coming out with this alien thing because something else is happening. This is, like, to direct us to the aliens instead of everything else. Something maybe, else. Maybe it's and to it cover up the direct energy weapons. Yeah, because that just happened right before. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Okay, go on. But there's a lot of other stuff. There's an election going on. I there's mean, there's so, so much. much. There's always so much. There's always so much. He was also the senior technical technical advisor for all UAP issues, so uh, people would report directly to him. Over the p past four years, while he was with the UAP task force, he compiled evidence, photography, uh, evidence in the form of photography, uh, official documents, classified oral testimonies of multiple records received, as well as his own eyewitness acknowledgements. 
and he stated that many of his colleagues are of high-ranking officials within the government, the United States government, with a long-standing track record of legitimacy and service to this country. He went on to say that he is um, driven by a commitment to both the truth and transparency rooted in our inherent duty to uphold the United States Constitution and protect the American people. I am asking Congress to hold our government to this standard and thoroughly investigate these claims. Cool. That's yeah. what that seems to be the consensus that everyone's saying. I it can't is. wait to get to the good part. Oh, we're getting there. I know. You have to set it all up. I want to get to the good parts. <laughs> so this is his statement, you know. Yeah. Um, in the in the US Air Force, in his national reconnaissance recon I can see the word. I, I can say the word. I I have reconnaissance. Reconnaissance. It has a lot reconnaissance. of reconnaissance. Reconnaissance. Yes. Has a lot of s's in it, and I I have trouble with s's. National reconnaissance office, or also known as the NRO. Reserve its capacity. He stated that he was a member of this UAP task force from 2019 to 2021. In 2019 to 2021, he did serve at the Intro Operations Center on the director's briefing staff, which included the coordination of the presidential daily brief and supporting a variety of... Contingency? Thank you. Operations? Yes. Contingency. Contingency. Operations. I was the Reserve Intelligence Division Chief Backup. So, like, they reported directly, like, he briefed to the president. Yeah. Whoever was a president at that time from 2019 to 2021, he briefed to the president. Yeah. In 2019, the UAP task force director asked him to identify all special access programs and controlled access programs, also known as SAPs and CAPs, to satisfy the congressional mandated mission, and they had to direct uh, directly report to, at the time, to the SEPSEC DEF. Which I didn't look up what the SEPSEC deaf is. To the DSD. Yeah, DSD. At that time in 2019, due to his clearance level, he was cleared to all relevant compartments. He was in a position of extreme trust within the military and civilian um, capacities. During the time of his official duties, he was informed of a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program. Mic drop, boom. Yes, it's true. Wow. So, yes, they have retrieved crashes and they have they have reverse engineered that is so insane so they've reversed this so they're so he's admitting to all of this but this is in in 2019 that's when he discovered like yes this is real could you imagine like going into like do this like and and then you see like ufos and you find out everything that you've been told your entire life 
has been a complete fucking lie. And kind of like what we're going through. He said multi-decade. We yeah. already knew it was well, like we forever. Already, yes, but. that's like the 30s, 40s. Yep. Yeah. So, but this is like him saying on record in a hearing, yes. However, when he tried to get additional information, they denied him. And you have to remember, at the time, he had like one of the top levels of security clearance. Yeah. And they still denied him. Like, wow. to get more info. They're like, yeah, this is going on, but we're not going to tell you, like, how the craft is reverse engineered. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he couldn't get specifics, but he knew it was going. It was happening. Well, yeah, you would uh, you would know, but, yeah, but that's he so crazy. Could not get any specifics at the time. He then made the decision to report this to his superiors and multiple inspector generals. Which is what effectively effectively made him a whistleblower. So that's like so where the, he he whistleblowed his whole like I'm whistleblowing this is yes we have crashed um, UAPs and we have retrieved them and we have reverse engineered them and we have a program of a re- reverse engineering. But what did he report to his supervisors? Wouldn't his supervisors already know about this? They wouldn't know about it, but, like, I guess he was just reporting, like, I don't know exactly what he said in the conversation because he didn't elaborate, but I'm just assuming, speculating that he was probably like, hey, I have the highest clearance, like, why can't I know this, or why can't we give this information to other people, or I don't know what he was asking, but... I mean, if I was him, I would have questions, too. I want to know. And if you had one of the highest security clearances at the time for that that base or that like wherever he was working you know that area yeah I'd be like what the fuck like I want to know like I want to know everything tell me everything I want to know and if they didn't tell me I'd probably go rat him out too (laughs) (laughs) blackmail you're all blackmailing the government I'm like you're gonna tell me this or I'm gonna let the public know yeah okay um, he stated that he has now received retaliation for doing so, but he hopes for a positive outcome and also to, you know, increase transparency. He ended his opening statements by thanking everyone and stated that he would be happy to answer any questions. But they don't answer any questions until everybody has spoken and then there's going to be Q&A after, right? We're going to have Q&K, Q&K. <laughs> We're going to have Q&A in this episode um but we do need to talk about the last witness and his statements which is retired navy commander david fravor he is a squadron leader who worked as a naval aviator for 18 years with his own uap experience known as the tic tac event Ooh, yeah so um we're gonna get into his um his um, what he saw right now. We're gonna we're gonna di- That's dive so into it. And what year it. was he there? It doesn't say what year or um, many years 18, for plenty. Eight, well, like that eighteen, 18 years, plus years, like the, not not the date time. He's 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 like not associated. He's not associated with the other. Like they didn't work in the same area. No, this I is understand that. Oh. But when did he see the Tic Tac? What years? Two thousand four. Okay, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two thousand four. So, he started his um, opening statements by thanking everyone for allowing him to speak and stated the UAP topic has been in the news, um, like, really strongly the past six years and has been gaining a lot of momentum. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is true. Yeah. 
he stated that in 2004, he was a commanding officer of Strike Fighter Squadron 41, the world's uh, famous Black Aces. He was very proud that they were world-famous Black Aces. What are the Black Aces? That's the name of his squadron. Oh, that's it? Oh, like, I was thinking, like, the Blue Angels or something. Like, they were... But they probably is kind of, like, the same thing, huh? I mean, I don't really know much about these squadrons. I just know what he stated. So he said this. he was the commanding officer of Strike Fighter Squadron 41. And then he added... The world-famous Black Aces. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And they were tasked to carry um, an airing 11 station on board the USS Nimitz. Oh, I've been on that. In San Diego. Yeah, not in San Diego. I just know I've, I've been Diego on it. San Diego with a two-month workup cycle off the coast of California. Cool. So he's San Diego. He, this is all San yeah. Diego. So his account of what he saw, this UFO, we're going to talk, or you, I say UFO, but it's UAP now, but technically. I, mean, I wonder it's if it's, UFO. I wonder if he saw USOs because he was doing the Navy and that's in San Diego and they saw USOs. Remember whenever you did yeah. the whole yeah, thing on did. USOs? And he, he kind of did also. Yeah. It's so I wonder both. if that's, I wonder if that's what what he's seeing is what you were talking about in that episode where you did the those this one's a I don't think this one I don't think that one was a Nimitz I think it was different okay but it's it's in the similar and it's in the same area it's in the exact same area that's so crazy yeah so in 2004 he stated that they were scheduled for a 2v2 area training with the USS Princeton as their control they were launched off the Nimitz, and his wingman was was joining him um, up. So wingman is another plane. So you have, like, your two men in the plane, mm-hmm. and then your wingman is another plane mm-hmm. that you, like, fly with. Yeah. Um, I always thought the wingman was, like, the co-pilot. That's what I would think, too. But, but it's not. But when you're not, um, that makes sense, because when you're not... When you when you're in a fire jet, you just have like one person with you, like you're just you. Well, they had and two. Then, they have two. Then the, so there's four people total in the in the air. But the wingman, because they're on each wing, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're the each wing. So and they just like the back extra. each other up. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense because you think about like the wings on a plane and stuff. So you have the one, and then you have the two on each side. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It kind of makes sense. You probably have a tail guy too. Yeah. So um, he says we launched launched off Nimitz, and my wingman was joining up, and we were told the training was going to be uh, suspended. So as soon as they went up, it was like already suspended. That's crazy. Because the people, you know, on the Nimitz, they saw something on the radar. Uh-huh. And they would proceed with real-world tasking. So then it changed. They then proceeded to the west, and air traffic controller was counting down the range to an object they were going to fly to. Um, and they were unaware of what it was going to be, what they were going to see. They didn't know what they were looking for. They just saw something on the radar and said, okay, you're, we're going to suspend this mission or this um, training. And now we're going to go find this object. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the real world tasking is like, we're going to go find this thing. We were told by air traffic control, these objects had been observed for over two weeks coming down from over 80,000 feet rapidly. That's crazy. Yeah. Rapidly and then descending 
20,000 feet, and then he made sure to note in the hearing that 80,000 feet is technically space. Like, for those who don't yeah. know, he's like, and that's space. So he's saying that they were coming from space. And going as low as 20,000 20, feet, which is, like, where we kind of fly, you know, like, in that yeah, range. Yeah, we do, yeah. And so they were just kind of staying in that area for weeks. They had been just going back going and back forth. Going back and forth. That's so crazy. That's like alien invasion. Like, that's they're just so weird for two weeks. cruising around. And they didn't think to tell anybody about that. Like, that means that they were right here in San Diego. They were above our heads. When was this? 2004. Nope, I don't. No, I, I, that was when I graduated. I, oh, that's when I saw the U... Oh, whenever I had my UFO thing, I, when I saw a UFO, it would have been 2004. In San Diego? In San Diego. Ooh. Yeah. Remember? I told you about it. Like, and it was all, like, like light and everything. That's crazy. I wonder if I saw the same thing. You maybe did. I don't know. Wow. So, he stated at 20,000 feet, they arrived at their location, which was the same area on the radar as um, the contact that they were looking for. So, basically, like, because they didn't know what they were looking for, but when they got there, they saw, and it was the same area, so they established this is what we're looking for. He noted that this was in San Diego in 2004. He said the weather was nearly perfect conditions. It's, he's like, it's San Diego. 72 the, and sunny all the time. Yep. The, Except for yesterday, it was 81 degrees. Oh, 81? Yes. You we should were be so dying. lucky. It was 95 degrees where I live. She lives more inland. I live by the beach. I live 30 minutes from the beach. And I live next to the beach. 30 minutes, maybe 35. Okay, when you're driving. You're like an old lady. Okay. So when I drive, 30 about minutes 15 from the minutes, beach is nothing. And it's it was 90 minutes for me when I drive. You're like 10 miles away. You're like, 35 minutes? <laughs> yeah, it does take me about 35 minutes if there's it's no traffic. Just if there's no traffic? It takes me like 15 minutes to get to your house. I live 19 miles approximately from the I thought you lived 10 miles beach. from here. No? You don't live 10 miles from here? Okay, never mind. I live 19 miles from the beach. Okay. Approximately. Okay. It's not that far. I'm so Googling your house to my house. It's 19 miles. <laughs> okay, keep going. I'll tell you in a second. I'm looking it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, where was I? I have my notes. Um, oh, yeah. He noted that this was San Diego in 2004. Nearly perfect weather. Dang, you are 20 miles from my house to your house. Okay, I was close. I said 19. Yeah, it's 19.3. That is fucking insane. I thought you were like 10 miles away from me. No, I'm 20. Well, and it's oh, so probably like 20. 30. Yeah, and it, it says like, 30, 27 minutes to get there. And I, and I get there in like 20. That all makes sense because I drive fast and you don't. Yeah, so yeah. it's about 30, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. I can't believe it takes that long to get to your house. I mean, like, 19 miles. I mean, so I'm a little bit more to the beach. I'm like 20-something miles to the I'm beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry for our snorts. <laughs> and I was like, right. I did that on purpose, by was, the way. I was right next to the microphone when I did that. Sorry, guys. We have this habit of, like, before we record, we're always like, okay, let's get ready. <laughs> 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 Just get it all out. <laughs> and, and it never works. We forget. We so and then we try not to laugh. We're like, okay, just just get it out. Get it out. <laughs> and then, yeah. Okay, go okay. keep moving forward. So, the sky was clear. 
dying. It was sunny weather. Light winds and calm seas. But they saw white water suddenly appear, which stood out largely because of the calm sea. So this is like white water where it's not like where the waves are crashing. Because it's calm. They're out. I mean, that white water could be anywhere. Up. But where is this white water coming yeah, from? It's like the bubbles and the foam and the stuff. And it was waves crashing. And it was enough that, like, it was obvious from 20,000 feet up. Yeah. Like, they saw... That's crazy. So, that's huge. That's, like, almost yeah. like, like a whale is coming up, but it wasn't a whale, huh? Well, 20,000 feet, you can't see a whale. Like, that's huge. No, they just saw, like, the water. Yeah, but still, that's huge. That's, like, a lot. You can't really see that much from up there. Like, when the waves are crashing, you I can don't kind know. He, of see... He still said they were 20,000 feet, and he didn't say they had descended yet. So, unless okay. his story's off, I don't know. But he did state that all four pilots were flying F-18Fs. So that's like just, if anybody knows about planes, it was a F-18Fs. We do not. And when they looked down, they noticed a small white tic-tac-shaped object, um, or UFO, UAP, the Tic Tac object had a longitude access pointing north-south and moving very abruptly over the water like a ping pong ball. So I wow. guess it was like, burnt, 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 like, so it was like going back and forth like a tennis ball or a ping pong ball. Yeah. So um, that was kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? It had no visible signs of control um, no propellers, no no um, wings, nothing. It just was the shape of a tic tac going back and forth, going back, back and, forth. and forth, like an arcade game, like the uh, yeah. pinball. Pinball, yeah. That's that's how you describe it. A pinball machine. Pinball. So him and his Wizzo, Wizzo, Wizzo was like a co-pilot. Decided to take a closer look. And fly away from the other F-18F. They flew towards the Tic Tac. And they started to climb. um, And it started to climb up away from them. So it didn't want any part of them. It wasn't like. It was like they went towards it and it was like bye. And it like took off the other way. Mm -hmm. The plane was about 15,000 feet. And the Tic Tac went down to 12,000 feet. So it just kind of went down and away. Then, when they got about half a mile near the Tic Tac, it rapidly accelerated and it just disappeared. Wow. It just was... Gone. Gone. Um, The wingman of the other plane, which at this point was approximately 8,000 feet above them, also lost a visual with the Tic Tac object. They noted at that time the white water had also disappeared, so obviously it was causing the white water because it was like flying, yeah, flying, not in the water, but like it was, over it was it. causing so it to do that at twelve thousand feet. That's crazy. That's it was really causing high. the white water. So it was pushing down air or some shit. Something, some kind of maybe it was like the way that it. I don't know. It just yeah, it was causing that. They, um, the controller 
back on the Nimitz, had told them then that the Tic Tac object was actually about 60 miles away in less than a minute. Wow. So when they saw it take off and disappear, it had gone on radar. Radar was still tracking it. It had gone 60 miles in less than one minute. What goes 60 miles in less than a minute? A car. Oh, 60 miles. I was thinking 60 miles an hour. No. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. I feel so dumb. I'm like, No, 60 miles. That's like. That's super far. That's like 6,000 miles an hour or something. I don't know. I'm not mathing. I'm not mathing right, but. Either way. Yeah. It's faster than it's super what, fast. like, yeah. and also. I'm so stupid. I'm no, like, no, no. what are you talking about? <laughs> no, but you also have to think, it's kind of like just flying, like a, like kind of bouncing back and forth or like doing whatever it's doing. And then it just takes off like that suddenly. Yeah. That's crazy. Because it was, because it thought it was spotted. Well. Do you think? I don't know. That I, it saw, like, oh shit, we've been spotted. Gotta go. Bye. Well, it's because they started flying towards it, probably. Yeah, and it was like... So, it yeah. it went to from 15,000 to 12,000 feet, mm-hmm. and then when it descended to 12,000 feet, it just kind of stayed there for a second and then was like, took off. Yeah. Like, maybe it got away from them a little bit to take off, because the force of it going 60 miles in less than a minute is probably, I would imagine it... Yeah, it, displacing and, the air that quickly yeah. and the, like... Air, so and it had clouds and stuff, whatever. It know. had like, I love it when I pretend like I know science and I'm all clouds and air and shit. Like, what am I? Atmosphere. Saying? It's just atmosphere. The atmosphere. The atmospheric <laughs> pressure is being displaced from how fast the, the ionization is going. of the neutrinos that is going through the Tic Tac, or is it? Because it might have a neutrino shield. <laughs> and maybe it dazzled its way out of there. <laughs> uh, science, bitches. It's science. It was dazzling. <laughs> they then returned to the Nimitz. He told them about it, and um, someone else then went out and found it again. Yeah. Like, and they took. Oh, so they actually found it again? They took a 90 second video of it. Well, where's that video? I don't have the video yet. Um, they haven't released it yet. No, it's it's available. Oh, it is. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to put the ninety nine a uh, ninety. Did I say ninety minutes? No, I think you said ninety seconds. Okay, I would imagine you said ninety seconds. Okay. It's ninety seconds. I'm going to find it. I have not found it yet. I'm putting a, a note here. Find. Um, it should be pretty easy to find on. I think it's on YouTube. And um, I'm gonna post it on our Facebook. <laughs> So, uh, the radar tape was never released, and they don't know where it's at. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I don't know if that just got, like, scrubbed or whatever. Like Probably. Just, yeah. It probably got disappeared. Yeah. So, he claims the object also jammed the APG-73 radar. And I made a point to make sure that I said what they used, the APG-73 radar, because different radars can probably have different capacities, I'm assuming. So Yeah, for sure. Was, Somebody knows what that means, just not us. Well, <laughs> he even noted it that... Um, like he even stressed this was an APG seventy three radar. So I'm like, oh, better write that. That must be a big thing. Yeah. (laughs) He also stated that this was never investigated, 
And the crew was never questioned, and the tapes that they took, the 90-second video, was never confiscated. But everything else was confiscated? Well, the radar just disappeared. Oh, yeah, that could have just been an oopsident then. Because you would think that they would keep all of it. If they're going to keep all this shit, like aliens and all this other shit, underground somewhere forever, they, there's no reason to get rid of the radar tape thing. Yeah, you know? because the radar is just going to show like an where anomaly. It is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just not be a this... photograph of it. No, it's going to be like a dot or they whatever, say, right? They could say, oh, that was a bird. Or like, yeah. they can say anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then later in 2009, he stated that Jay Stratton, who was part of the ATIP program, contacted him to investigate. So this is a man wow. who later came to yeah. investigate, which was What's five four years or five later. Four five years later, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Pentagon also... They con- probably didn't know what to do with it. They're probably like a lot of people were dragging their feet just being like, well, let's wait. Let's just oh. see how it plays out. Let's see if this ever comes back or if anybody cares. Yeah. Um, Lou Alizondo, who is part of like the Pentagon lead, contacted him as well. So he was also contacted by the Pentagon. So now the awesome. Pentagon is, and so is actually interested. Yeah. You know, I everybody mean. Everybody knows it's real except for them gaslighting the entire world. Yeah. Yeah, basically. (laughs) In 2009, there was an unofficial report that did come out on the incident. Um, But again, it's unofficial. Uh, Alex Dietrich is uh, another eyewitness. He is another... He's the wingman pilot in the Mm -hmm. other plane. He contacted him also years later to see if anybody had contacted him about it. And he had stated, no, nobody contacted me, but I am willing to talk about it. Yeah. You know, but no, no one has contacted me. So it's one of those things that, like, people, they just... You couldn't forget it. It just kept coming back up. People kept resurfacing, you know? Well, because it's a fucking USA... You... You... AP in common, like, not common. I don't know why I can't talk. I feel, I literally feel like Joe Biden at, like, any speech right now, falling asleep. Like, I'm like, huh? And, like, (laughs) can't talk. Like, I literally feel like. I don't think you sound like Joe Biden at all. Um, if you I sound said, like an idiot having, like, <laughs> like seriously, having you, dementia issues. If you sounded like Joe Biden, you'd be talking about a totally different subject. <laughs> That's true, too. And okay. you're, you're, on, you're on task. Like, we're not talking about the same thing. <laughs> you haven't fallen over yet or anything, okay? In fact. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, he did say that he was willing to talk. And then he was contacted by Mr. Elizondo, and they chatted, and um, he said that he would be back in contact. But would he, or was that a lie? Well, then we get into some interesting names. Uh Uh-huh. He then heard that Lude had left the Pentagon in procrast, and procrast, protest. And joined force, forces with dun, 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 Tom DeLong of Blink Shut Shut up! up. Blink Shut up! up. And you had to This is the official report! Oh my God. God. Let's go! <laughs> All the small things. Two characters, things. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. And yeah. we had talked about Tom DeLong before, like being like. 
believing in aliens and like I remember you telling me like Tom DeLonge believes in aliens look he's he's like talked about it but I didn't know he was working with the US well, government no he's probably signed NDAs and God knows what else yeah and then Chris Mellon Steve Justice and others well wow. they formed they formed Chris Mellon is in something too yeah um so the names are Tom I, yeah on, I want to see who Chris Mellon is with Tom DeLong, Chris Mellon Steve Justice and others he just said and yeah. others they formed Two Stars Academy an origin uh, an organization that put pressure on the issue I wonder if he's half the reason why all this is happening. Yeah. So, oh no, 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 he, he, oh yeah, he is. So it gets. We're gonna talk about him right now. So, um, he put they they collectively the group, you know, they put pressure on the issue with leaving uh with leading industry experts and U.S. government officials. They worked with Leslie Keen, who he noted is like present at the hearing today rob blumenthal helen uh, helene cooper and what they did is they had um the new york times in 2007 publish articles so they put pressure like the t- on the times yeah. like you need to get this out there so those new york times articles that came out in 2007 that was because of them. That's crazy. Working with the U.S. government to put pressure like, you, we need disclosure. Yeah. Otherwise, the New York Times maybe would oh not have came God. out with those articles in two, 2017. That is so crazy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How a few people, and so we have to remember that a few people can change the world. Yeah. And can change the outcome of everything. So we all need to realize that a boy, a person is a person, no matter how small. That's Dr. Seuss, guys. <laughs> um, he, in 2017, the New York Times article helped to, he believes, helped to open the door. And that is partly why we're here today is what he was like. He was very, very proud that the New York Times, like, I don't know, proud, but he was just very, yeah, he just felt like that was like a big help. Yeah. He stated that it led to the help also of the Whistleblower Protection Act in the NDAA. He went on to say that he's concerned about the lack of government oversight or anything associated with our government processing or working on crafts not of this world. Because we've already established they're not of this world. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's just so great to hear people finally saying it. Like, people finally coming out and the government allowing people... I mean, I guess they're not really allowing it. People are just coming out and being like, "We're well, saying this." Well, this is a this is a congressional hearing yeah. of the House, yeah, so that's like, true. yeah, they are they're, they're, they're facilitating it. it. Yeah. yeah, he um he did state this is not a full public disclosure, and that um, it could under not undermine national security. But it's about ensuring that our system of checks and balances works across all, um, sorry, checks and balances works across all work done in the government using taxpayer funds. I'm trying to spit it out. It's like right in front of me. But basically, he's saying if you're going to use taxpayer funds, we need to know where the fucking money's going. 
so <laughs> he basically is stating that if you're going to use taxpayer funds that even if they're unacknowledged programs it has to have some level of oversight by appropriate committee members within the House and the Senate because this is our money. This yeah. is taxpayer and money. And all they do, you know what all they do with the taxpayer money? They just spend it on bullshit, don't do whatever they want with it. And meanwhile, they have the private jets while they're fucking complaining about climate control and not letting us get like diesel by diesel vehicles in California anymore. Meanwhile, everybody in Congress that are taking our fucking tax money, Newsom and all these people that are in control of California are jet setting on their private jets and wasting all this fucking environmental shit. So, that's... Did you hear what happened in Florida about, Florida about the diesel? Uh-huh. The diesel got into the other gas, and then people were trying to gas up because of the hurricane, and now their cars are all fucked. Well, they're Shut gonna be fucked. Up. Yeah, there was like what a, a mix-up. A mix-up? Yeah, I don't Oh, know. my God. I, like, that's gonna be an issue for whatever gas station. They're gonna have to buy people new cars, I think. That's, like, No, really they're bad. saying that it's, like, the government that's doing some shit. Well, yeah. That's a whole other episode. Somebody's gonna have to get... Yeah, okay. I just thought about when he said diesel. Yeah. Um, he went on to say that work done by the whistleblower testimonies should not be exempt. Uh, meaning, like, any you project think? they talk about, it should be, you have to let them know where this money's going. That's what I said this whole time. Mm-hmm. For the billions of dollars that were spent, that they're like, oh, yeah, we spent three or $30 billion, but we can't say where we spent it. It's well, motherfucker. No, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers. He closed. <laughs> he closes <laughs> me off. Like, don't take my money and not tell me where it's going. I want fucking, I want to know, like, where my money is going. I want to know what pothole my money went to to fix. Yeah. They should all be there. It should all be accounted for. Mm-hmm. Like, where our tax money's going. And it's bullshit that they can use it on this bullshit, like, trying to hide UFOs or whatever else confidential bullshit that they're doing. Like, I get it if it's, like, for defense purposes, so other military people don't see that we're spending, you know, whatever. But this is, they've been spending billions of dollars just to hide the fact that UFOs aren't real when UFOs are fucking real. Yeah. It's... Where the fuck is our money? Well, it's... Why isn't it going to Maui? Instead, it's going to fucking Ukraine. It's definitely going to Ukraine, but that's a Where's whole... my money? Yeah. We want it our money. It should be going to Maui, but that's a whole nother thing because, I mean... That's a whole different thing. Just that's go, a whole ba- other go thing. back on to your UFO. Yeah, I'm going to get Thank on a whole God. Maui kick. Yeah. Okay. So he closed by saying that in 2004, the Tic Tac object they encountered was superior to anything they had seen at the time... To- not that they had seen, sorry. Superior to anything they ha- we had, our government had at the time, technologically, like, the advancements. Like, yeah. We didn't have them. And even today... I get what you're saying. And he said, even looking to develop, to develop in the next 10 years, we we won't even be able to be there in 10 That's years from crazy. now. He stated that if we, in fact, do un... Um, Unknowingly to him, we need to have uh, oversight for the citizens of the United States and for the elected officials to do what is best for the USA and best for the citizens and not like what is in their best interest. They have to do what's best for the citizens and best for the United States as an entirety. And then he basically said, you know, thank you for his time of being heard and um, 
Just thank you. Yeah. And then we get into our first round of questions. Good. I want to hear this. Yeah. This is where the good questions are going to come. I yeah. can feel it. <laughs> so um, the hearing then moved on to the first round of questions for the three witnesses. Mr. Grothman, who is the chairman, he started as the first person to ask questions. Uh-huh. He started with the first witness, who witness number one, again, is Lieutenant Ryan Graves. Um, and his question to Mr. Graves was... Pilots you interact with as part of your organization, do you feel adequately trained and briefed on how to handle encounters with UAPs? Mr. Grave answers, no. No. (laughs) I can answer that for him. No, because up until today, they didn't exist. Don't you? Haven't you been paying attention? Yeah. Good God. (laughs) He says, no. Military Military who witnesses to UAPs have limited options for reporting UAPs. More concerning is that commercial aviator sector has not adopted the lessons that the military has implemented. The military and Department of Defense has stated the UAP represent a critical aviation safety risk. We have not seen the same language being used in commercial markets. They are not acknowledging this risk. What doucheboxes? Because you know what? If a commercial plane sees a UFO, what the fuck are they going to do? They're not even telling the military people about the UFOs. Could you imagine being on fucking like Alaskan Airlines? And the pilot and, sees and the a pilot UFO. And he's just and like, like cruising. Uh, what do we do with this? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is insane. Like, the, it, the, it's just more stupid. Like, could you imagine? Okay, you're on a plane and you look out the window and there's a fucking UFO. But what is the protocol for that? There's do you none. alert somebody? Maybe that's why the crazy lady on the plane, maybe that's what she saw. And she's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, like, what the fuck? And that's the whole point. Is pilots no should protocol. know. Pilots should know, should have a protocol. Like, even, okay, even if, if they're sticking with, even if they were going to stick with the whole, like, UFOs aren't real thing, whatever. They should have a protocol for what if, worst case scenario, let's just say, let's just pretend they're real, or let's just say um, unidentified flying object doesn't have to be from outer space. It could be like, they should have protocol for something, like what if you see another plane in the sky, like, and it's a terrorist attack thing. They should have things for that, and that, like, implemented I mean, right? they probably do. They have to. But they have to also be able to distinguish if it's friend or foe. That's and part of it. And how would you be able and to And how do you with? know if it's a UAP? You don't know if it's friend or foe. What if it's a drone well, from another country? As we've country? always what if said, uh, that if aliens ever came to America, Americans would just shoot them down. So the government would just shoot them down. Well, isn't that We've what happened? When isn't that what happened? That's what always happens. That's what already happened. If anything, if anything weird comes into contact, we're like we're like on that on the movie The Crudes, yeah. where um, throwing she, rocks. No, she gets the shell and it makes the noise, and they can make the kill circle and they stomp it and they kill the shell, the whatever. Oh, yeah. Where she like whistles, whoo, and then um, yeah, and they were, and she's like, that was beautiful, but they were like, we don't know what it is, we have to kill it. Yeah. And, like, that's what I feel like the American people are. They're like the cavemen from Croods. Or, like, the world in general because they just want to kill a UFO. Well, that already happened with the Biden administration when they 
they took those two missiles and they shot down the UAPs that just happened when the whole spy balloon thing happened That's with China. right. They did shoot down two UAPs and they still have not came forward to disclose what exactly they retrieved, if anything, and what they were. So okay. we still don't even know any answers to that. Idiots. Okay. So you're right. Yeah. They do just shoot they them just, down. Like, yeah, that's the protocol. Yeah. So, but with commercial air flights, they don't have the capability to shoot anything down because they don't have missiles on their planes. They have people. Yeah. Oh, God. We need a coaster. Uh-huh. So, um, Mr. Grothman then um, answered, or not answered, <laughs> he asked his second question um, to Mr. Graves. And he asked him, what steps do you think has to be taken to improve a pilot's UAP reporting, being military or commercial? Ooh, really quick. Yeah. Um, we have someone that just said that, um, well, Brian said, that pilots have seen UFOs and called down to ATC. He saw it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Uh, air traffic control, ATC, right? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I was going to Google it. <laughs> Sorry. Air traffic control. Come on. (laughs) I was literally getting ready to Google what the fuck ATC is. It's not a three-wheeler. That's an ATV. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just as bad. Okay. Oh, my God. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, wow. (laughs) So, Mr. Grave answers... He says, we need a system where pilots can report without fear of losing their jobs. Yes. Both military and commercial. There is a fear with the stigma associated with this topic. It is going to lead to professional repercussions through management or your yearly physical check. So, either your doctor is going to say you're cuckoo... In the cabeza. Yeah. Or. Cerveza? Isn't it cerveza? Cerveza's beer. Cabeza's I like cerveza. head, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, or your professional, you know, are they going to be like, you're batshit crazy, dude. Yeah. You can't fly. No. You know? Yeah. So having a secure system, reducing the stigma, and making this information available through the public will reduce concerns that air crew have. Maybe they can do it anonymously. Maybe, I mean, maybe not anonymously because they have to say where they were flying and, like, for specifics, but they can at least report it anonymously to, um, not so much anonymously, but privately. Yeah. So a system they can type in their coordinates or whatever they saw, and it just goes to that system. And yeah. somebody who's not even associated with them specifically, it goes to um, the data entry, like the receiver, and then they do the next step without the superior even having to know or anybody having to know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that was my little two cents of how I think they should do it, but... If you adopt my idea, you know, sponsor our podcast. <laughs> government, government, sponsor us. <laughs> the government's going to try to shut us down. Mr. Graves, you can, we're, you we're can like sponsor the, us. We're the, like the enemy of the government. Like, they're going to no. look at us as, as foe. So then Mr. Grothman, the chairman, asked his third question. Um, this question was also to Mr. Graves. He asked him... Um, or he said, give me a little idea that de- that the degree to which the reports in the past are not being made public right now. Yeah. 
Mr. Graves answered. I want to know that. Yeah. Mr. Graves answer, answered, I don't think there has been a proper reporting <laughs> system. Like, oh what are you God. talking about? There's nothing. <sighs> to gather those reports and thus not report them. To answer your question, I think there is a lack of data due to the fact the reporting has been limited up to this time. So, uh -huh. they, duh. They don't have anything. They don't have any protocol. Things are not. They so don't have a report, yeah. Yes, yeah, so there's no protocol, and peop, there's, a, there's a stigma. There's no protocol, and um, obviously, they don't want to lose their jobs. They don't, you know, they don't want to have a stigma against them that people are judging them for what they saw, even if there's multiple people that saw it at the same time. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. So Mr. Grothman, uh, the chairman, again questioned and Mr. Graves and said, could you tell me why you believe? And then he said, just playing a little devil's advocate. There's a why you believe there's a reason some of this stuff should not be available to the public like why should we not right yeah mr grave answered simply national security concerns when we use our advanced sensors and tactical jets to be able to identify these objects However, there is no reason why the object themselves would be classified. He went on to say that he would be curious to see how the security classification guideline would actually spell out the different nuances of how this topic is classified from a perspective of a UAP, not national security. So the basically the only reason why it would be not available to the public is if whatever was in that report had something to do would would conflict with would um what's the word national security would would um compromise national yeah. security but if it's just the uap he doesn't even think those should be classified like why because no, it's not what's national it's world a UAP would be world security, not national security. It's like planet Earth security. Yeah, it's like it's like if that's I looked at a, it's like saying. if you just looked at an inanimate object, an anomaly. Yeah, I, you know, or like I'm just looking at this, like that's not classified. But if I'm looking at it and it's it's connected to some kind of government defense, government defense bullshit, which well, is yeah. yeah, which makes sense. But like I've said from the very beginning, aliens are not a national issue. They are a Earth issue. Yeah, it's a That's world. That's a worldwide, like, put aside your differences. We all got to come together for this one and either freak out together or plan together, fight back together or befriend together or what the fuck ever together. Yeah. Like this isn't this isn't national security. This is world planet Earth against outer area security. I mean, there's certain things that we need to come together as humanity and do what's right for humanity. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So then Mr. Grothman, the chairman, he asked a question and this question was for all three or any three of the witnesses. And um, he asked, or he stated, assuming that there are reasons why not all of this should be made public. This, and then he said, this has been around a long period of time. 
Can any of you three think of any reason why anything related to a UAP 15 years back should not be immediately made public? Yeah. What do they say? What do they say? Then Mr. Grush, witness number two, speaks up. And he says, I think one of it is acknowledging a vulnerability, both from a collection, you know, a countermeasure perspective. It's so, uh, no, we haven't cracked for many years. What? That's what he said. Oh I, my yeah, God. I wrote it like verbatim because yeah. the way he's like, uh, no, he kind of like scooted around the. Yeah, that's how I'm like, wait. So what? What's the what's the answer then? They just they haven't. We haven't cracked for many years. So like, no. Yeah. So <laughs> then, Mr. Grothman said, "Okay, say even twenty years. Yeah. Back, why? Why? Is there any reason why he just asked again? He yeah. didn't even made it longer." Is there any reason why, when you go back that far, things should not be made public? Grush answers again. Unless it shows a specific national security vulnerability as it relates to a weakness and particular defense. Which is what we've been saying. So what... What That's the, the only reason. Yeah. So what have, has the UFOs done to make it our nation only? A national defense thing only for us. Well, As opposed to the world. The way that I took that as is he is saying it with the assumption that if, let's say, it's technology from Russia, yeah. the UAP is not, uh, not like, from another world or planet or, like, out of, oh, you know, so the, he's saying it's from another country. Oh, so the UAP could have been from another country, not but even from us. That's what he's. I mean, not of, even. From I believe that's what he meant. That's how I took it, but it's. I could be wrong. Researched it. Yeah. Well, I'm just. I'm just. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's how I took it, because it's always a possibility. Yeah. You know, Mr. Grothman, the chairman, uh, again questions specifically to witness number three, who is Mr. Fravor, about the Tic Tac incident. Um, that occurred in 2004 and what kind of reporting took place after the incident. Uh-huh. Mr. Favor answered, none. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he says... Easy. <laughs> yeah, none. And we have had a standard... We had a standard brief where the backseaters went down to our carrier carrier intel center and briefed what what had happened and that was it. No one else talked to us, and I was in the top 20 in the battle group. The captain was aware, the admiral was aware, and nothing was done. I believe that, 100%. What would they, like, there's no protocol. Yeah, so then Mr. Grothman, the chairman, questions, well, did your commanding officers provide any sort of justification? He says, no, I was the commanding <laughs> officer. <laughs> He didn't say that. He actually said, no, I was commanding officer of the squadron, so no. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, why didn't he do anything? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, Mr. Grothman then, um, you know, went on with his questions. He said, or he asked, was this incident the only UAP event that you encountered while you were a pilot? And Mr. Favor answered, yes, it was. Mr. Grothman, the chairman, then questioned all three witnesses, and he stated, this is for any one of you. Based off each of your experiences and observations, do you believe that UAPs pose a potential threat to our national security? And what did they say? Mr. Fravor answered, yes, and here's why. Why? The technology we faced was far superior than anything we had, and you could put it anywhere if you had one. If you captured it and you reverse engineered it and you got it to work, you're talking about something that can go to space, go someplace, drop down in a matter of seconds, do whatever it wants, and just leave. And there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. But that's not so much that's world issue. Right? But that's like so it does so it does But they don't care about the world. They just yeah. are caring about USA. Which right is now. so funny because usually they care about everyone but USA. I know. But I mean <laughs> like obviously they care about the world, but like Yeah, okay. They're just like they So they, they think wanna, that it does want to know pose if it's a, a national security. Yeah, so it can pose a threat. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he already stated it went 60 miles in one minute. Yeah. So you can just drop a bomb somewhere and in a minute be, two minutes be uh, 120 miles away or something, right? Yeah, that's crazy, too, by the way. Oh, I want some. <laughs> I'm, I, guys, I'm looking up um, food because it's, She's looking up it's food. 12 and 19 p.m. and I'm, like, starving. <laughs> so I'm starting yeah, to look up hungry. food on where we're going to go. I'm already on it. I'm on it, dude. <laughs> Don't look at my food. You look at your, okay, your I'm notes. I'm looking Keep at all the food now. I know. I'm going to pick a good spot. Don't I'm a worry. tourist. I like food. Okay. So, Mr. Grothman, the chairman. I think you only have to be human to like food. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I had today was coffee and half of a white claw, so I'm hungry. Um, Mr. Grothman, the chairman, questioned, um, okay, you two? Like, he said, yeah, it's a threat, you know, because of all these reasons. And, and then he's like, okay, you two? Like, uh -huh. okay, we need more. I need more. Mr. Graves, witness number one, answered, I'd like to add that from the commercial aviation and military aviation perspective, we deal with uncertainty in our operating space as a matter of our protection. Professional actions identifying from friend and foe is very important to us. And, we, and when we have identified targets... We continue that we continue to ignore those due to a stigma or a fear of what it could be that an opening in our adversaries could take advantage of. So basically, like, yeah, it's a problem because we don't know if this is friend or foe. Yeah. And because there's a I stigma. Yeah. You know how. Nobody's going to talk about it, so just like, oh, well, if it's a foe, oh, well, they just bombed us. Oh, well, we can't talk about it because you might think I'm crazy that I saw it in the <laughs> first place. But it could be from fucking Russia or China. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
So, Mr. Grothman, the chairman, question, what steps should be taken to better understand and respond to UAP encounters in the interest of a national security? Mr. Graves, witness number one, answered, there needs to be an a location where this information is centralized for processing and there needs to be a two-way communication loop so the operators on the front end have feedback and they can get their best uh, practices on how to proceed with this information you know like in real time yeah what do i do yeah exactly what um what to do to ensure they are both being reported and being listened to good he says, right now, there's not a lot of back and forth. Mm-mm. So there's nothing. Like, it's like you you might tell your buddy, hey, when I was up in the sky over here, I saw this thing. Yeah, you know? but you can't do anything like, else mm, about it. Don't tell the, off- the commanding officer. Yeah. Don't tell the doctor. You're going to end up in the psych ward, you know? Yeah, you can go see the quack. Exactly. Mr. Grothman, the chairman, questioned uh, specifically directly to Mr. Uh, Grish. In your complaint, because I guess he did make a complaint to the intelligence agency inspector general, so he's questioning, you know, he says, in your complaint to the intelligence agency inspector general, you claimed that you believe, believe information is being hidden. What kind of information do you think was hidden and do you think it should remain hidden? Mr. Grish answered, stating that he can speak to that briefly, only in an unclassified manner, because he noted that most of what he was, like, uh, com- um, com- the complaint was classified, uh-huh. so he could only just briefly speak on it. He said, both material accu- accusation and ex- uh, exploitation activity also baselining the UAPs, but not sharing it with the intelligence professionals that are doing step briefs to pilots, that kind of information. So basically, you know, they do their briefings. It's like they just keep saying the same shit over and over and over again. Well, basically uh, they're not communicating. There's they no communication. can't. They're not allowed to communicate because then they'll be like called crazy. So what are they supposed to do? Yeah, so that... that There's no protocol. There's nothing. So what what should they do? That concludes our first round of questions. And Mr. Grothman then thanked everyone. And the second round of questionings will be our part three, starting with Mr. Garcia. Fantastic. So we're in the questions, so it's going to be a lot of back and forth. Yeah, more interesting stuff, like a lot of interesting... But this Hopefully somebody has some balls and asks some real questions on the next part. Because, well, yeah. no. Well, the main takeaway was the the whole Tic Tac. Yeah. The, the okay Tic Tac bombshell that really happened. Yeah. And um, bombshell. Hello. They confirmed. Yes, they have crafts. They confirmed there is a reverse engineering program. They confirmed that they're using taxpayer taxpayer funds. And they're not disclosing um, what how much funds they're using. We have no idea how much of our money is going to this. Yeah. And they also admitted that it's not just military, but it's also commercial pilots. And obviously the general public for years have been saying, like, you know, with your camera, you can on your phone, you're like, oh, what's that? You can film yeah. shit, you know? But 
all those things have been they're basically confirmed that's crazy it's like they've just like confirmed everything and they've spent so many years trying to hide all this i just can't i just can't believe it like that i just it, it it amazes me every time like that we talk about this like that this happened and that like yeah so anyways so yeah that's our um uh, what did I title? What did we title this one? Um, it is part two of the United States UAP disclosure unlock hearing unlock hearing unlock. That's yeah. what I named it. I just named it right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> I saw you typing. So, okay, so that is our episode, and don't forget to please don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. And you can follow us on all of our social media, which is conspiracies unlock. And don't forget to email us, conspiracies unlocked at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.